this is this is the quick shout out that I promised to my ride or die, my bestie, Caitlin Dan. I hope you have a great week. You're an awesome elementary school teacher. She has some kids in her class that do not speak a lick of English, and she does not speak a ton of Spanish, but yet she has still found a way to teach them to help. She has learned. She's been learning some Spanish to try to help these kids, and she's a great teacher. And I want to give her a shout out. A rich tradition. College football podcast is now live. Hello and welcome to a rich tradition college football podcast. I'm Spencer Van Horn. He's Robbie Stoltenpole. Two friends, one love, and that is college football. We have the ACC on docket uh, tonight for our big preview. Roberto, how are you, sir? Man, I'm doing well. Uh, this has been one of the longest days I've had in a while. Uh, all good stuff. Just a long day, but I'm ready to dial in, talk college football, because holy freaking crap, Spencer, we have one more Saturday until we will have college football until like the middle of January. It is right around the corner. I do not count preseason NFL football as like this Me neither. start of football. Yeah. Like obviously we have fall camp and there's lots of things coming out of fall camp and all that stuff is great from a college football perspective, but uh, we'll start high school football here in the state of Georgia this coming weekend, and that's great. The the creme de la creme starts uh, here in, in you know uh, a couple of weeks, so we're super excited about that, and that will be the, the start of real actual football being played. Week zero. I was talking about week zero today with uh, some of my fellow teachers at lunch, and they're like, hey, Robbie, you know, are there – excuse me, are there going to be any, you know, decent games next week? And I was like, well – I don't know if decent will be the is the right word, but I think there's a very important game, and that's you know uh, Illinois versus Nebraska, because if and we were talking about you know if Nebraska loses that game, like Scott Frost can go ahead and you know print out his pink slip, like he's 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 gonna get fired. And then we talked about Hawaii playing UCLA, but no, I, I'm just so excited, man. ACC is on the docket for tonight, so we're gonna go ahead and dive in and get started. Uh, are we starting in the – I always get it mixed up. Is it the coastal or the Atlantic? Where are we starting at? We're going to start in the Atlantic tonight. We're not going to go in like any order of ranking of what people should be or shouldn't be. You know, in a second, I'm going to pull up the win expectancy, and we can use that as kind of like a talking point. But tonight, we're going to start off with Boston College. So I've got seven wins for them. I wrote down some totals uh, for wins uh, for Boston College. And, you know, Rob, it's obviously top-heavy in – the ACC. Lots of people feel really good about uh, Clemson sitting there at the very top, and then there's sort of this Miami-North Carolina thing. North Carolina's a little further along. Is Miami going to jump up there? Boston College has real momentum as well, sort of in that middle pack that possibly they could step up and do a lot of things. They took Clemson down to the wire last year. Phil Dracovic is a, uh, is a big-time piece. They might have probably their best receiving group in uh, potentially in school history, they still have a really nice. They were okay defensively last year. I, I guess okay is the way you could frame that. They weren't. They weren't particularly good, but they weren't necessarily awful um, either last year on defense. But Phil Jerkovic is kind of the leading point for uh, Boston College, and um, he could he could be the he could potentially be the third or even the second best quarterback in the ACC this year. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say a couple things. One, this, um, Djokovic is the best quarterback they've had since Matt Ryan. This is the best offense overall, you know, all-around offense, including O-line, running back, receivers, 
this is the best offense that they've had probably since that season with A.J. Dillon and Anthony Brown, even though I would say this offense is better, like you know, like you were just talking about. If the over-under is seven, like I look at the fact they're returning nine on offense, nine on defense. Their schedule, their out-of-conference is Colgate, UMass, Temple, Missouri. There's a world in which, to me at least, they can win all four of those games. Because I really do think that Djokovic is a really good quarterback returning. You know, he had 17 touchdowns, five interceptions in, you know, in 11 games last year. You know, and and he also didn't even start the beginning of the season. Um, Dennis Grosel, I think, was the one who started at the beginning of the season. What was that last name? Grosel? Grosel? Grosel. So I don't, I don't know how to say that. Um, it's, it, either way, I mean, it's just yeah. it's a weird name. Yeah. But but it all does come down, which is shocking to me, because we've known Boston College for a long time, you know, to have a stout defense. And I, I do think that they've taken a step back in that regard. 90, excuse me, 98th overall in SP, SM, uh, SP Plus. But if you make me pick and their number is seven, I'm going to go over because I do think they at least go three and one in those in those first four games. And then I, I do think they're more talented than Louisville. I think they're more talented than Syracuse. And then it really comes down to can they beat Florida State and Wake Forest at the end of the, at the, end of the season? And so, like, at, at the very least, I'm looking at push. Yeah, I mean, there's at least four wins on the schedule with Colgate, UMass, Temple, and Syracuse. And then from there, you, you have to win toss-ups against Wake, Missouri, Florida State, NC State, Virginia Tech, and Georgia Tech. And I almost would even put Louisville in that space. S&P Plus has Louisville as a likely loss. But I think you could throw Louisville in that space as a likely toss-up as well, and it wouldn't it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. You wouldn't be stepping out on a huge branch there. So I think seven wins is definitely possible if Phil Jerkovic is going to be the guy that we're expecting him. You already uh, mentioned some of those numbers. He had 1,500 yards through the first five games. Four of those were well over 300-yard passing uh, attacks or, or, or days for Phil Dracovic. And people have just been raving about him uh, in the ACC, and there's obviously uh, obvious reason why. So they sound like they've gotten more athletic on defense as well. They added that um, safety from FSU, Jaden Lars would be, and he's going to actually move down and play linebacker. And if you're taking a safety to play linebacker, you know, Atlanta has that Deion Jones guy playing linebacker, and he could probably drift back and play some safety if you really asked him to. And that's sort of the the linebacker position these days in a lot of ways. Somebody who's kind of between those two positions, and a guy like Woodby probably could play a little bit of, you know, nickel or slot or something like that if you absolutely had to ask him to. So I feel like they're more athletic defensively with, uh, with him, and then I believe the name uh, Bryce Steele as well is another guy that's super athletic. So I expect improvements defensively. That's Jeff Halfley's kind of his back pocket. And then if Phil Dracovic is is as good as we think he is, there's definitely room to get to seven wins. I think it'll be a dogfight, though. Yes, and, and that very well may be true. I, I, but I'll, I'll go over. What about you? I, I think you said it, but I couldn't remember. Yeah, I'll say seven is possible. The Clemson Tigers. Okay. They're over under and I'm now, going, wait a minute now. You, you hold on just a yeah. second because you just said tigers. Those tigers are oh, down in, in Baton you're, Rouge. You're right. I apologize. These are just the tigers. The the Clemson Tigers. Tigers, thank of you. Of South Carolina. Um and their over under is eleven and a half. Yes. The Big Twelve, the Big Ten, we have a top dog, and then there's kind of like a gap 
and then the rest of the league. Even though I think in the Big Ten, there are some teams who are competitive enough to possibly topple Ohio State this year if if, if everything was played out, you know, a certain way. That's kind of how I feel about Clemson. Like, look, let's, let's say the Georgia game off the board, okay? Let's just say they had 11 games this season. With the things they've lost at quarterback with Trevor Lawrence, losing tra- tra- uh, Travis Etienne, losing some of the got pieces they've lost, um, other pieces they lost on offense, I just don't know if this offense is going to be click central, as as uh, so I heard someone call them recently, uh, click central out the gate or maybe even all season. I, I don't know if DJ, even though he had that incredible game against Notre Dame, I don't know if DJ is this Trevor Lawrence tier quarterback. And I think whenever you're playing up against teams like a, a tough NC State, which we'll talk about here in a minute, you know, at NC State, a Boston College team who we believe can, can you know, is going to be good. We don't know how good, but they're going to be good this year. Obviously, at Pitt, it's always tough for some reason. They could have a local middle school roster and somehow they would be competitive. But also, there, there's a team that I really, really am keeping my eye on, and that's Florida State. And we'll talk more about them here in a minute. I I just I really look at NC State and Pittsburgh and Florida State as those three key games. I'm not I'm not picking them to lose those games. I'm just saying that those are three games that truly do kind of open my eyes to the fact that there is a world in which I could see them, you know, fourth quarter being down to these teams if they have a down game. And if I if I believe that, which I do, and then then you add on the Georgia game which I, I think is just a toss-up, and that's why I think that number has stayed at three or three-and-a-half since it you know came out. I have a hard time saying, for 11-and-a-half wins, saying the over. And so I, I'm going to take the under, just out of principle. Not because I don't think they're not a great team, but just because I, I, don't, know if, I don't know if they go undefeated. Yeah, I have a hard time believing anybody's going undefeated this season. It just feels like there's so much production coming back on so many teams, and the ACC has plenty of those. We just got done with Boston College. We're going to get to some others that have improved their roster in Florida State, like you mentioned, and other teams that have a lot coming back as well. Clemson doesn't have any stretches that are over-the-top difficult, but they are going to have to take on a Georgia Tech, NC State, Boston College run, and then they've got the Pitt, Florida State, Louisville run, two of those games on the road, Pitt and Louisville, and then the one game against NC State on the road. Is there potential to slip up in one of those two, three-game stretches? I think my Mike could agree with you, yes. And then, of course, the Georgia game uh, is a toss-up as well. So Can I, no, I was just going to say it, 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 it all depends on what goes on with that Georgia game. Yeah, and that, that's perfectly fine. Let me add this, too. Yes, they're returning 10 players from their defense last year. Their defense wasn't exactly elite. They, gave, they were the 41st-ranked defense in the country against the pass. They, could, they were not getting pressure the way that they, that they normally do. That's expected and, to change this year. Yes, 100%. But also, I think I think Skalski and Specter, they're they're two linebackers that you know that they love, and and rightfully so. I think they became a liability at times in the passing game, especially against Ohio State. And look, Ohio State is the anomaly because of you know how great they are. But also, let's go back to the Notre Dame game where they lost. Man, Ian Book was kind of just running mesh routes against them. And and we, we're not talking about Notre Dame this week, but Notre Dame did that against Clemson last year without their two best wide receivers that they've probably had since Mike uh, – since uh, Mike um, – oh, my gosh. What's his freaking name? Since Will Fuller or Michael Floyd. So, let, so with that in mind, who's going to challenge those linebackers on this schedule? Georgia, we think Boston College, and then 
Louisville? Maybe, I, NC I don't know. State? Like, yeah. how much are they going to yeah. challenge? Well, we know what Pittsburgh's going to do. Pittsburgh's just going to line up and try to run at them, right? Run at them, do a little play action. So I'll probably take them off the board. But Florida State, NC State, and Louisville, maybe. Well, you expect Boston College to do it too. Yes, I'm so sorry. Yes, Boston College, you're right. I just – look, I, and I'm not calling the demise of Clemson. I'm not trying to be dramatic. But if the number is 11 or 11 and a half, and I think there are three games that I think could be tricky for Clemson, and then you also add on the Georgia game, I'm going to go under just at a simple principle. So Yeah, I, I would have – I probably would have to go under as well, almost in a, in a betting sense that I think the rest of the ACC is getting tighter. They're not catching up to Clemson necessarily, but they're getting tighter. Now, the one thing that might have us eating our words before we move on, uh, Bill Conley and SMP Plus has the likely percentages for a win. Nothing is lower than 85 for Clemson in terms of their likely wins, and the only relative toss-up is Georgia, and there are no likely losses. So all the games that we've discussed being potential slip-up spots, you know, 85 or better, 85% or better from Bill Conley's SMP Plus. The depth of Clemson is still a thing, you know, and they've st- they're expected to have their wide receivers sort of back in action again this go around. I imagine the offensive line is going to re- improve. I can't imagine a third year of those guys being down. If there's anybody that will get to 11 and possibly over 11, Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, those are the kind of teams that could potentially do it, especially with their depth. But like you said, I'll I'll bet if I was a betting man, the under. So let's move on uh, to the uh, to the other team that <clears throat> I kind of am flirting with if you will and that is the florida state seminoles so florida state um is has been a train wreck like for all intents and purposes has been a train wreck for the last four years would you agree or disagree with that no i think you there's no other i mean it's kind of four plus four equals eight it's there's no there's no two ways around it yes since yeah. winning that national championship it has gone downhill in a hurry Yes. So, so we don't really expect much, you know, like looking at their offensive production last year, the, you know, the highest they ranked was rushing was 31. Um, they ranked 31 in the nation in rushing. The rest was 85 in scoring, 98 in passing, 62 overall. Defensively, 105th scoring, 97th rushing, 98th passing, 107th total. Last year, I do think is a, is a, is a rough, is really rough to base all of our stuff off of. Because, again, not only were they dealing with COVID, they were dealing with a brand-new coach. They were dealing with a a tweet from a player that caused mass chaos, which apparently needed clarification, which, you know, he did. And from everything we've heard for the last year since then is that Mike Norvell has done a really good job of building this pro, building the culture up at FSU. Now, let's ta- ta- take that, okay, better culture, which is what you and I have talked about numerous times that it was being really bad at in, at FSU. You add in – Mackenzie Milton, Superman from UCF, who had that horrible leg injury. National championship winning quarterback. Oh, no, I will never. At, at will, UCF. You will never hear me say National that. National championship winning quarterback, Mackenzie Milton. Then you add in also former South Carolina safety, Jamie Robinson. Also add in former SEC defensive lineman, Jermaine Johnson from Georgia. And Kier Thomas from South Carolina. And which, by the way, Jermaine Johnson apparently has been dubbed like the most athletic or the best player on the roster at FSU. And he left Georgia because he wasn't going to get any playing time. <laughs> he, so, uh, he was, he was there. He was their defensive guy at media day for, for FSU. Yeah. 
And so, I mean, he's kind of become the a sort of a face, sort of a leader real quick over there as well. 100%. And then, I'm sorry, add in Jarquez McKellian and Brandon Moore. Those are those are all the transfers that they've had this offseason on the defensive side of the ball to fix all the massive problems that they had. You take in, and which most of these dudes are really good players, by the way. You add in a new culture, a coach who I believe in, in Mike Norvell, and then you add in talent to fix holes that you had on the defensive side of the ball, tack on a quarterback who I want to strongly believe in because I just want him to succeed. And I think you have a, a pretty good team in the Florida State Seminoles this year. Here's my hangout, though. Their schedule. And and so I kind of want to just hand it over to you and see kind of like, do you agree with me? Do you, you know, do you, is the is the schedule where it, it, that's your hang up as well? Or do you have other hang ups? So the schedule cannot be ignored at all. Um, very difficult looking stretch there. And we'll get into some of the particulars in a moment. Schedule can't be ignored. Uh, we get an opportunity on the radio show. We get an opportunity. I've had an opportunity to talk to some folks there at FSU and they're searching for who's going to step up and be playmakers on this offense. They feel they feel like there's a couple of guys waiting in the wings, but they're not sure who's going to step up. And if McKenzie Milton's the quarterback, maybe that helps the process a little bit. He puts people in a position, and that that'll that'll be great. But they're still waiting on an Andrew Parchman, the Kansas transfer receiver. Is, can he be the number one guy? Is there anybody else that's going to step up as the number one guy? They feel like they have lots of twos and threes when it comes to the wide receiver and maybe even the running back spot. Who's going to step up and be the number one guy? They might be figuring that out right now in camp, which is what you're supposed to do. But they're still waiting on that as of you know of, of this recording, I guess we should say. So their schedule's difficult, and in a world where we are expecting better offenses in the ACC – I think that's going to be a problem, and I've got their win total five and a half. If five and a half is the number, I don't know what they can get that. UMass, Jacksonville State, and Syracuse are likely wins, so there's at least three. Can they get Wake Forest? Possibly. But Louisville, Boston College, and NC State are the other likely toss-ups. And then you got Jacksonville State. You got Jacksonville State as a win. Right, yeah. UMass, and Jacksonville like, State, and Syracuse are the three uh, sort of likely wins. Wake Forest, potentially. And then toss ups with Louisville, Boston College, and NC State. I mean, I'll actually, I'll actually give them Louisville. I'm, I'm not really big on Louisville this year, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but you're right. I mean, five but, is possible. It's there. It's yeah. just five and a half. Five and a half is the number oh. I have. I think they I'll, could get I'll, the five, maybe. Yeah, I'll take the. Oh, man, I want them to make a bowl so bad. Just because of Mackenzie Milton, bro. Like that's really it. Like I'm I, and Jermaine Johnson. Like I, you know, he's one player who's transferred out from Georgia that. I, like it's there's no there's no bad blood or you know there's no problem with you know him and his you know his view of Georgia. It's just he wasn't going to play, and so you know I want them to succeed. <sighs> they've got a really good court. They've got a really good running back in in Lawrence Toa Philly, but I just don't yeah, see that's six one wins. Of the guys, I just, that's I just one of the guys they're waiting on. Go ahead. I just don't, I just don't see six wins. I yeah, I think I, I have I a hard time with that too. I can't find six wins. They've uh, likely losses Notre Dame, Miami, Florida, North Carolina, Clemson. Those are five likely losses right there. Um, now, could they step up and get somebody? Is it possible? It certainly is. It's happened before. Didn't they get uh, NC State or North Carolina last year? So, it's, I mean, it's possible for them to jump up and steal one of those wins. It is FSU. There is sort of a, a turnaround in terms of the roster talent, like you've already gone through with a, with a bunch of those transfer names. So, I think it's 
it's certainly possible, but I wouldn't be betting money on it. I don't think at this point. Um, the next team is the Louisville Cardinals. So Louisville ended up exiting a good few pieces this last offseason. I believe they're still going to have uh, the quarterback Cunningham, uh, Malik Cunningham. But turnovers were a major issue um, last year, and they've had to say goodbye, like we mentioned, to several key guys, Tutu Atwill, Des Fitzpatrick, Javon Hawkins, all guys that were that they were really expecting um, to be big pieces. And, and I think last year they certainly had 200 yards on the ground, and but they only were able to score right at 30 points per game. And 30 points isn't awful. But in this day and age, with that kind of talent on offense, it's probably not where you want to be. The biggest question, I think, for Louisville right now stands around, you know, can they clean up the turnovers from last year? Um, 24 total turnovers is going to cost you uh, close ball games, and it's probably even going to stretch a close ball game into a final score blowout that maybe wasn't necessarily the case. So... I'm struggling with Louisville because I just don't know who they're going to be offensively. I know that Malik Cunningham is the quarterback. Then kind of where are the rest of the pieces, and are they going to be able to take care of the football? I really like Malik Cunningham. I liked him when he was being recruited. I liked him as a rookie or as a freshman. I mean, there were moments that he, you know, he had some good moments last year, but like, I, I just don't think he's consistent enough. I just don't know if they have the talent on the outsides this year especially when they have no one returning, really, as far as starters. Their defense, which was surprisingly pretty stout at passing the ball, at pass defense. Like, they were 17th in the nation last year in pass defense. They were number one in the ACC. You know, they're not returning – they're only returning one of those cornerbacks from last year. I just don't know what what to get excited about when it comes to Louisville. And what's the number you've got for them? Louisville is at six and a half. So let's look at their schedule really quick. Ole Miss, probably not. Eastern Kentucky, yes. UCF, you can win that, but there's a world in which UCF is going to be freaking riding the Gus bus um, this year. You got at Florida State, which I I think Florida State wins that. At Wake Forest, you can probably win. Uh, Virginia, you're probably going to win. Boston College, don't know. NC State, don't know. Clemson, no. Syracuse, yes. At Duke, yes. And And then probably Kentucky, you look like I'm counting. I just did five or six, and what's the number? Six and a half. Ugh, I'll take the under. I think it's possible. Uh, there's obviously we keep saying. I mean, it's possible for all of these teams. Yeah. Eastern Kentucky, Syracuse, Duke, and Boston College are four. I'm not that sold on Boston College being an easy win for Louisville, but four wins according to S and P Plus that are likely. And then toss-ups with Virginia, Kentucky, Wake Forest, Florida State, UCF, NC State. I mean, those are all potential bowl teams. I mean, that's a tough stretch in there. But you got to imagine, you know, I mean, Virginia's not opposed to a slip-up. Florida State's going to have its struggles. Well, Wake I mean, Forest, is it can be yeah. inconsistent as well. So Virginia, Wake Forest, Florida State maybe, there's seven right there. I mean, I'm not in love with that. Yeah. I mean, it really comes down to, like most teams, can Malik Cunningham be better? Can you not throw 12 interceptions? Like, I'm really quickly just looking at looking at their games from last year. 
you know, you lost to Miami by by 13. You lost to Pitt by three. You lost to Georgia Tech by 20, by 19. I remember that slaughter. They just gave up. You lost to Notre Dame by only five points. Like, what was this team last year? You know, like, they were so inconsistent. And and so I'm kind of just going to stick to, you know, are they still going to be this way? And And also I think, like, if Scott Satterfield was even considering going somewhere anytime soon, he better do better this year because those job offers that he had last year will probably be gone if they don't have a good year again. Yeah, I think offensively, what kind of job can Jalen Mitchell do to step up for Hawkins? And last year in sort of a relief role or a secondary role, third leading rusher, he had the 6.7 yards per carry. So can they turn him into the feature guy? Can he be explosive on the ground? They did have the 200 yards per game last year, 244 through the air. They were able to be explosive. I expect that to be the step back is maybe through the air um, with the with the departure of uh, Fitzpatrick and uh, Atwell. But they do return two guys that had 25 and 27 receptions last year. So who knows exactly what that's going to look like. Maybe it is a behind-the-scenes Scott Satterfield year number three putting the system together, maybe it's there. But a lot of the top guys from defense, a lot of the leading tacklers and such are gone. I, I might have to go under on six and a half for Louisville. One and these well. are the teams that I like. I feel like they're going to eat each other. I feel like they're yes. going yes. to sort of destroy each other. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. Um, All right, to keep this going, we're trying to keep better pace than the last two that we've done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, NC State. Like here we go, yeah. Like I think it's NC State and Boston College that could be up there at the at the tip top. I don't even remember exactly what I said for for BC in terms of, um, you know, their win total. But I think it could be Boston College and NC State that are really battling it out for that number two spot. Well, yeah, and because I'm going to tell you, like I meant to say this with Clemson, I, I at the end of the day or the beginning of the year, end of the year, I'll probably still say continue to say that Clemson is the best team in the ACC. That does not mean, though, that they don't lose a game or two, right? And I love what NC State has coming back. I love what they've been able to – I love how we went from, hey, Dave Doreen is awesome. Hey, Dave Doreen may not be very good. To now, all of a sudden, he has bounced back with possibly one of his most talented teams coming up this year that he's had. And I'm really liking the schedule as well. I think they whoop USF. I think they beat Mississippi State. I think they beat Furman. I think they beat Louisiana Tech. That's four wins right there. I do think they're good enough to beat, you know, beat the Syracuse, beat the Wake, beat the the FSU. I also, man, I could see them beating North Carolina. I could Devin, see them beating Devin Leary has to stay healthy. I oh, think they got bailed 100%. out last year with Devin Leary going down and Bailey Hockman, the Georgia boy, stepping up and doing a good job in relief. Uh, not ne- maybe not necessarily a um, an, an unbelievable job in relief, but a good enough job in relief that was able to help them win the eight games that they won last year. Devin Leary's got to stay healthy. That's sort of, a, I think, a dark horse quarterback in this conference that, again, if he can you know, stay on the field, then NC State has a, has a much better chance. He and Tim Beck getting on the same page, offensive coordinator Tim Beck getting on the same page running the offense could go a long way. They've got the receivers. They've got the running backs. They're ready to go. Devin Leary's got to stay healthy. 
No, you're 100% right. And the thing is, the kid's only a sophomore. You know? 32 sacks last year oh. is going to keep him unhealthy. Yeah. Uh, and is going to put you in a – and obviously it's going to put you in negative situations way too much on the season. So offensive line's got to be able to protect their quarterback a little bit better, and they do have to find a running game. Bam Knight's t- talented, but they weren't super successful last year. I think they have the talent. They got to find that offensive line to get to to get the pushing. The crazy thing is, like, they went eight and four last year, right? They lost to Kentucky in a bowl game. They lost to Miami by three. They lost to Virginia Tech pretty bad, and then they lost to Miami by you know, or I'm sorry, North Carolina by pretty bad as well. But then you look at how their production. They rank 74th in offense and 71st in defense. How the crap do you have that good of a how the crap do you have that good of a a, a record? <laughs> you know? Like that it's just it, you just if you went by just simple logic to what our brain tells us it should be, it it, it it didn't make sense, right? And so if we if we go by that, if we look at that, if they can just be if they can just be middling, if they can just be in that 40 range in offense and defense. I think they can truly take advantage of the talent they have on this team this year. But like you said, it really does revolve around Devin Leary staying healthy. And so when I look at this team, what's the over-under, bud? I'm sorry. For NC State, the like over and, half, right? and under is going to be six and a half for NC State. Oh, give me that over. For six and a half? Yeah, give me that over. I'll take the yeah. over. So likely wins Furman, Louisiana Tech, USF, and Syracuse. So that's one, two, three. So there's your four. Toss-ups with Louisville, Wake, Boston College, Florida State, and Mississippi State. And then the likely losses are three, uh, North Carolina, Miami, and Clemson. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about in, uh, Mississippi State. I, I think that's going to be, an, an, an especially USF and Mississippi State, to start the season off. That could be sort of a tricky – they're not careful. If that offensive line's not improved, if they're not careful, that could be a – you could challenge the start of your season with a slip-up in, in Starksville. No. But I, six. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say I completely agree. I, I just – when I look – when I hear the number six, uh, like regardless of my hesitancies, I, I can I can easily find six wins. Can you like, find seven? I think Mississippi State is a definite win because Mississippi State's losing so much on defense. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it, NC State is the Indiana of this conference, okay? Because there is a world in which things continue to go the way they've been going, and they they peak. You know, they go ten and two, nine and three. You know, ten and two, eleven and one, or something something crazy like that. You know, or or the talent. Something happens and they can't stay consistent, and they go another, you know, they go another seven, seven and five, which still hits the over. The tricky part with a lot of the teams that we've talked about did not perform super well defensively last year, uh, for whatever reason. Twenty nine points for NC State. Boston College was right at twenty eight uh, points. They almost had identical defenses. NC State and Boston College did. Florida State was, of course, thirty six points a game. Louisville was bet was the best at twenty seven. And then Wake Forest, which I'm sure we're about to get to, they gave up 33 points per game last year. You know that that middle of the pack offensively looks great, and there's I know there's a lot of returning stuff defensively for some of these teams, but I think that might be the the difference maker. Who uses the full offseason the best from a defensive standpoint to kind of 
you know, uh, to make gains here. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, okay, next team. <clears throat> Syracuse. The Syracuse Orangemen. <clears throat> Last year went a, you know, went a respectable one in 10. A respectable one in 10. <laughs> they returned nine on offense, 10 on defense to a one in 10 team. They play at Ohio. They play Rutgers. They play U of Albany. And they play Liberty out of conference. And then they run the gamut of their own conference itself, being at FSU, at Virginia Tech, at Louisville, at NC State. Their over-under, I think, is three and a half. Is that right? Over and under three. There's one likely win, according to SMP Plus, and that would be the Albany game. I say under. And the two toss-ups are Rutgers and Ohio. And I, at this point, I don't think they're beating, I don't think they're beating Rutgers. And no. so I would go under as well. And Dino Babers is searching for a new job. I don't know how much I trust Danny, or not Danny, but uh, Tommy DeVito. Uh, they're good with him, but His can they protect awesome. him? Can they protect him? I agree. And the, the answer is no, they can't. 38 sacks last year, Jesus. 50 sacks before that, Holy 37 sacks in 18, 32 in 17, 38 in 16. They haven't been able to protect anybody since 15 and 14, where it was 21 and 24. And even then, that's, I mean, I guess that's a little bit better, but that's a lot better considering 50 and 37 and 38, 38 do, twice. Do you, would you agree with the statement of, I don't expect Dino to be the coach next year? No, yeah. No, I think that's, unless there is a significant improvement on the offensive line, I don't think Syracuse is, is, is going anywhere. I mean, DeVito, when he's on the field and they can keep him upright, things are good. Strong start to 2019, 63%, 19 touchdowns, five interceptions, and then fell to 50%, 14 sacks in the first two games alone of 20. So, you know, I mean, you can't protect your quarterback, then it doesn't matter. You can have Tom Brady back there. You can have Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, and if he's running around on a bad foot all day, it doesn't matter how, how great and wonderful that big fancy arm is. You can't do anything if you can't protect your quarterback. Agreed. Absolutely. And so, Syracuse under. Yeah, Syracuse under. I don't I, I pretty much feel very confident about that actually. Um all right, next is the Demon Deacons. Wake hey, Forest. Man. Dave Clawson. Um, the man with the impossible job. Be successful, make bowl games at Wake Forest. And dag well, him if he doesn't know, do a good job of that. Well, I was about to say it's it's sort of what are the expectations? <clears throat> Wake, Wake Forest is always cool with a you know six, seven, eight win season. Then he's almost I don't want to say he's in a cush job, but those are I think manageable expectations for a program like Wake in in terms of what he's now built them into. I think he can sort of I don't want to say consistently because I think they're in sort of that rotation like they have to kind of build to an eight-win team or a nine-win team kind of deal. No, I completely agree. And, like, I have, I have great respect for Dave Clawson. I would love to see what he could do, you know, even just as an offensive coordinator at another school, right, that has elite talent. I would love to see it. But they're returning 11 on offense, a freaking 11. Eight on defense. Their defense was god-awful last year. But they ranked – but they were – on offense, they were – 28th in the country on total offense, 19th in scoring. That's pretty dang impressive. And when you look at their schedule, Old Dominion, Norfolk State, Army, and 
Am I? What's their other out of conference for this year? Yeah, Old Dominion North, uh, Norfolk Army. Army. They uh, play North. They're playing North Carolina as a non-conference. That's right. Okay, I knew that. I'm an idiot. Even though it's a conference game, they're playing it as non-conference. Yeah, and that that happened last year. That happened last year with the team too. Anyway, it happens every year for some weird reason. Okay, when I look at their schedule, I think they can easily go three and one. They can beat Old Dominion, Norfolk, and Army. I think North Carolina obviously is a toss-up. I think they can beat Duke. Those are four wins right there. What's their over/under? Over and under for Wake is six and a half. Typical number for a lot of these. I can easily find four wins, but finding finding three potentially three more. Okay, Virginia. Okay, I'll give them Virginia. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I after that. I man, don't know. I don't know. So I'll tell you the. If I'll, you're giving them Virginia, then you got to be close to giving them Florida State. I know yeah. you like Florida State, yeah. but I think the interest of if you were giving them Virginia, somebody else is going to give them Florida State too. Yeah, I, I mean, don't think they're beating Army, even though that's a toss up. They got seven, they got a lot of toss ups: Florida State, Army, Louisville, well, I, NC State, yeah. Boston College, Virginia. Toss ups for S and P plus. I think the easy answer is it's under, even though even though this will be. This will be like the Ole Miss of two years ago where they're losing a bunch of games, but they're super fun to watch. Yeah, and I feel like I'm betting under on a lot of these teams because it's it's sort of very tight. Right? Yeah. It's sort of very tight. I think it is. It's just tight in, yeah. this, uh, in this conference. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Um, if you don't have anything else to add, let, let's, uh, let's end up in the Coastal with the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, I'm sorry. We have two more teams. My bad. We have the Duke Blue Devils. They went two and nine last year. I'm sorry, a respectable two and nine last year. That they, they have David Cutcliffe um, returning as their coach. Five returning on offense. Five returning on defense. They ranked 80th in the con- in the country country in offense. I have hiccups and 98th in defense. What's their over under? Uh, three and a half. Notable possible wins: NC State, uh, A&T, and then well, Charlotte. I'm sorry, North Carolina, A&T, and then Kansas. Charlotte, Charlotte and Northwest yeah. North, Northwestern are toss-ups, according to SMP Plus. Um, you know what? I mean, they beat Charlotte last year, fifty-three nineteen, but you know they they did lose a lot on this team. I, I'm I'm going to go over instead of being the underfest here. I, I think they do get Charlotte, they get North Carolina, and they get Kansas. Um, and I think they just find find they find somebody. They just get somebody, um, whether it be Georgia Tech, which we'll talk about here in a minute, um. Or Virginia, or, or you know, we've seen Pitt have an incredible game against the number one or two team in the country, and then they lose the next two or three. So if the number's three and a half, I, I almost can like I'm pretty confident they get three. They just just try to get one more somewhere, and so I'll, I'll take the over for them. Um, I, I I really like I do like Jake Bobo. I really like Jalen Calhoun. They're two wide receivers that are returning, and you know, why not? Just, just why not? Not, you know, like some of these teams got to win. I can't do unders for everybody, so I think I think they're going to find four wins somewhere. Yeah, this is this is a a tough spot to go over, um, as it's been declining under Cutcliffe now. What it, what feels like for the last uh, handful of years in this past year, they just they didn't handle the pandemic uh, well at all. The offense has been declining the last few years. They haven't actually averaged over 30 points a game since 2015. They were steady defensively for a while, and then they slipped back really bad last year to 38. 
points per game. I don't know. Maybe it's time for for Coach Cutcliffe to to either you know hang it up or he's about to you know bust through. Maybe Gunnar Holmberg, who had some limited opportunities last year, should be the starter this year. Brings the mobility that uh, that they didn't have there last year. He seems to have the respect of his teammates as well. They had a running you know a, a strong running back. I don't know. I'm trying yeah. to talk myself into it, and I just don't feel it. Well, if you don't feel it, you yeah, think I'll go you under. Take the under. Okay, yeah, I'll go under. Right. I get it. I, just, I mean, Northwestern is a relative toss-up. I, I would expect that to be a loss. Yeah, and I just don't see how. What are you doing to surprise Virginia Tech, Miami, North Carolina, Virginia? Like, do you have the depth to surprise any of those teams? And I, I just don't know if you do. Yeah. No, I get it. Um. Let's 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 move on to the last team in the coastal. I think I'm saying that right this time. Yes, this is nope, nope. There's still another coastal team. Have we just? Oh, I'm an idiot. We we are in the coastal. Yeah, we started with the Atlantic. I'm an idiot. Uh, it's been, it's been a long day. Okay, uh, let's move to Georgia Tech. All right, look, this is the team that because I'm from Georgia, I'm a Georgia fan. I'm supposed to hate Georgia Tech. I don't hate Georgia Tech. I think Paul Johnson was is one of the most underrated coaches ever, and I think the hate that he gets for his career is garbage. Um, but when I look at this team, I say, okay, I know for a fact they've got two dudes, two NFL caliber dudes and Jeff Sims and Jameer Gibbs who are returning this year, technically again as freshmen because this year did not count towards that eligibility. Then I look at how they were 71st in the country in total offense. They were 109th in total defense, but Jeff Collins this off season, who is apparently an elite recruiter. And I, th- I think he is doing well. I think if you go look at his recruiting this past season, he did show that he is he's he's pretty good at his job. They've got Kevin Harris, who came out from uh from started at Alabama. We got we got Keon White, who came in um, from Old Dominion, but he was an All Conference USA player in 2019. He sat out 2020 because of COVID. Um, they've got also got uh, T.K. Kimendiza and Antonius Clayton, who's coming from Florida. And they've also, I'm so sorry, another one. They've got a Maryland transfer in Allende Ali. And like, so, so I guess what I'm saying, I'm saying all these names because I'm trying to point out that Jeff Collins is kind of like the other situation we were just talking about a minute ago where at FSU, where they have obvious an obvious issue and they went out in the transfer portal and tried to fix it. I, I love watching Jameer Gibbs and Jeff Sims play together. I think they are two awesome dudes who are very talented. I think their defense should be much better, especially with this with this experience. And that's the cool thing is all these dudes they brought in have experience. They're older players, they're veteran players. But here is where I struggle. Okay, I struggle mightily with obviously their schedule. Okay, and two, who the crap is he going to throw the ball to? Who the crap is Jeff Sims going to throw the ball to? Because I do not like their outside talent. And I'm sorry I hogged all that time, but go ahead, Spencer. What do you think? Yeah, Malachi Carter, I think, would be the answer, but that's just one person. Um, 89 carries for Jameer Gibbs is not going to get it done, I don't think, if you're if you're Georgia Tech. Now, maybe they don't have the luxury of saying, and certainly it's not a part of the offense, to just ground and pound it the whole time with Jameer Gibbs, but I almost feel like you don't have any other choice to some degree. You got to give the ball to your to your lead horse, and and that would be Gibbs. 
uh, and then let Sims sort of play off of Gibbs's explosiveness. Five yards of carry last year. He certainly looks the part. Um, Georgia wanted him. Yeah, for those I mean, there are lots of lots yeah, of like, places that wanted Jameer Gibbs, and he looks the part. Give him the football. Let Jeff Sim, uh, Jeff Sims continue to come along through the passing game. But like you mentioned, Rob, it's got to start defensively. 37 points a game last year. That was a step back, and obviously the pandemic, a big deal, but that was a step back in a pretty big way from the 32 points they allowed in 2019. So got to find a way to take that step. But like you mentioned, it's already the schedule. The third toughest schedule, according to Phil Still this year, belongs to the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Well, yeah. I mean, because it's deadly. <laughs> like, like, okay, look, Northern Illinois, Kennesaw State, they should win, even though Kennesaw State has got a really good team. Um, I, I actually am going to try to probably go to that game um, because I'm, I'm no joke. I am 15 minutes from Kennesaw State's campus, and I'm only like 30, 35 minutes from, from uh, Georgia Tech Stadium, and I'll probably go see this game. Um, but they win those two games. They will probably – who's their out of con- – who's their – <laughs> who is all right? It's Notre Dame. Then their other two Notre, uh, out of conference games are Notre Dame at Notre Dame and Georgia at home. Not to mention they're at Clemson. They play North Carolina. They play Pitt. They play at Duke at Virginia, Virginia Tech at Miami and Boston College. What's their expected over under? Over under? Projected wins from the S and P Plus is is what five point six projected wins. Where the deuce are they finding five So wins? I think they're finding Kennesaw State, Northern Illinois, and Duke are the three wins. Mm-hmm. And then relative toss-ups with Boston College, Pitt, Virginia, and Virginia Tech. And they're expecting them to get, I'm guessing, the Pitt-Virginia, the, the Pitt and Virginia game. 5.6 says they're getting to six wins. So they, they have them beating Boston College and, and or Virginia Tech. Uh, CBS has their over and under at five. So you could say five and a half, I guess, the number to split the difference between the two of them. Are they improving that much defensively? I don't see them getting past Boston College, but then again, I don't know who Pitt is throwing the football. Virginia is still going to have to retool some things uh, this season. Brennan Armstrong will be back for them. Virginia Tech's kind of got their backs up against the wall, and we know that they can score points. So maybe it's not... Are they beating Boston College and Virginia Tech, who could probably throw the ball and score points? That's tough. Who are they going to throw to? Like Just, that's, yeah, yeah. Like that's that's my problem. Like the defense is going to be better. You know, Jameer Gibbs is going to get his. But who the crap are they going to throw to? Like they're and then they're playing. All right, Clemson will probably have an elite defense. North Carolina will have an improved defense. Pittsburgh will have a good defense. Virginia will probably have an okay defense. Virginia Tech should have a good defense. Miami's going to have probably the best defense in the conference. Boston College, uh, Notre Dame, obviously, can have an elite defense. Georgia going to have elite defense. Like I, I just don't know. I don't see. Yeah, I don't. Five I don't. Wins. I don't know if I see five wins either. Like you got to go two Clemson. You got to go two yeah. Virginia or uh, Miami. To, I'm sorry, and, and, and to two Notre Dame. Famous to use a famous quote from Barton Simmons. Unless there's a different schedule here. I don't see I don't see the yeah. five wins. Yeah, I don't I don't see it either. I have to go under for uh for Georgia Tech. They just got handed too tough a schedule in Jeff Collins's sort of first year that he's supposed to be showing scheduled or you know improvements in the win loss column. He just got stuck with you know the worst schedule he could possibly be handed. Yeah. All right. Uh, you I, I just, yep. Yeah, I'm sorry. <clears throat> um all right. Next. The team that I'm obsessed with, the team that I think could 
be the team in this entire conference who I legitimately think could beat Clemson this year. Okay, but they don't play them. Um, is the Miami Hurricanes. I really like Miami this year, man. I They are returning 11 on offense with speed everywhere. <clears throat> Potent, you know, uh, from what I heard, Derek King is going to is, is going to be fine. He's going to be ready to go week one. Their defense are training nine starters, and you know they're losing they're losing two dudes on the D line, which caused a lot of havoc for him. I won't turn I won't belittle that, <clears throat> but I believe that this team is returning enough talent, and they have enough playmakers. Like it's not just returning talent; like they've got dudes. They've got returning guys who, production is number yeah. one in the country. Dude, they're so gross. Like they are they're so good across the board on this team. Like they're pro- you know I was actually talking about this too at lunch today about the Miami-Bama game. Miami's probably not going to beat Bama. But if Miami – what mostly happens in these first games of the season is Bama beats the heck out of you and make – like they've already beaten you by the end of the first quarter. If Miami can get this game to the third quarter to where it's still competitive, they haven't lost yet. But I'm, I just – I look at the rest of their schedule and I don't see the definitive loss. I don't see a definite loss anywhere else on the schedule because I'm, I I have major questions about North Carolina, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But if I'm looking at the rest of this, look, look at the rest of their schedule for Miami, I don't care if you tell me if the number is nine or 10, I'm saying the over because I think they go 11 and one or 10 and two this year. I love this team. I really do. Yeah. So according to S and P plus Alabama is the only likely loss and North Carolina is a toss up. Everything else is a pretty good chance to win 76% or better uh, to win for uh, for Miami. And 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 like you mentioned, Dorit King sounds like he's healthy. There was a story that came out of camp where you know he, he had a big play where he took off and made some moves, and the, the leg looked fine. And that's what you have to look for. That's what you have to wait on is to see him out there running around and – at, to some degree, you probably think, well, that's not an actual game. Let's see what happens in an actual game. And sure, that's fine. But to some degree, if the guy's out there you know, running around, the leg's got to feel good. I mean, there's almost no two ways about it. If, if, he, if he's out there running around, something's got to feel right. So as long as he's healthy, they got a chance. And, and of course, Alabama has always struggled with, um, with a mobile quarterback. And yeah. Rhett Lashley has experience against Alabama, uh, the offensive coordinator. And if they could find their RPOs, if, if they run that, if that's a part of the offense, if they can find that, you know, and freeze defensive linemen and, and, and linebackers and such, I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe they have a chance. Also, let's just add into them adding Tyreek Stevenson, five-star, awesome, awesome cornerback from University of Georgia, transferred down to Miami in January. Like he's going to fill a massive need because his team could be passed on last year. Their defense was not that great, even though they created quite a bit of havoc on the on the defensive line. Looking at what they have to what they have coming back, and then that also they had kid they had guys opt out. They had they they had guys opt out. They had guys get injured. Those dudes are all returning. Bradley Jennings Jr. is a dude at middle linebacker. Like I'm, I'm just saying, man. When I look at when I talk about Miami to people, I have a hard time not taking it too far because I really, really do like this team a whole lot. And if you told me September 5th that Miami upset an Alabama team that's 
that's only returning three on three returning starters and a quarterback who's never thrown the ball, you know, in a college game before, I would not be surprised because I think this team is, I think this team is very good and I think they're freaking hungry. But I will say this: here's the here's the the warning. If Manny Diaz doesn't at least win nine games this year, it's a failure. Nine and a injury. half is the over. Pending injury. Oh yeah, give me the over. I mean, but do you agree with that? Like he can't. He is fourteen and ten in his two years at Miami. He can't do that again. He can't have a middling record again, especially with this kind of returning production. Not firing him after this year. No, God, no, no, no. I'm so sorry. I didn't say fire him. I just like. I mean, it's time to criticize him. Like he he deserves criticism. Yeah, I don't hate that. Yeah, a competitive, competitive um, uh, pressure is certainly on Miami this season to sort of bring it all together. Yes, with the returning, absolutely. Um, their non-conference is not super easy either. I mean, I think they could get a, a hard-fought game from App and a hard-fought game uh, from Michigan State as well. I expect Michigan State to be a more talented team. I don't expect Michigan State to win the game, but yeah. that they will be a tougher out. That roster looks a little bit more like what uh, their head coach wants it to look like. The, them having all their out-of-conference games, except for Bama, on the, on, at home – is is why I'm just chalking it up three and zero. Like I, I just and and also like you just kind of look at like their toughest game on the road this year is at North Carolina. You know, and at Pitt, I'll be fair at Pitt. But like, I can. The thing is this again, none of them are like definite losses. Miami can truly win any of those games that they play in next year or in, in this season. Last year, I definitely didn't think that about this team. You know, and. Yeah, I just have high expectations. Okay, um, let's move on to the bell of the ball, the preseason dark horse, Mac Brown, Sam Howell, probably the best quarterback in the country, no denying that, um, and the North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, I'll let you start since I since I started with last the, the last team. So everything will center around Sam. Uh, lots of production that left to the NFL last year. They feel good about the replacing pieces uh, because nobody's really discussed what they've lost and uh, offensively. I know that they've got the Tennessee running back that's going to come over. I believe that one's Ty Chandler that is here. Yes, Ty Chandler that has moved there. always get him and Eric Gray mixed up on where they went. So Ty Chandler's at North Carolina. People feel like that's going to be a great spot uh, to to fill in the blanks for the two running backs that left and then high praise for a guy like um, Karif Brown and then Joshua Downs as well. Bo Corrales will probably be a little bit of the uh, experience there and then some young guns that are ready to uh, flex their muscles and run around. So offensively, everybody feels really fine. Also talk of the conversation for North Carolina is that things along the defensive line have improved. The depth is there. They like the guys that they have all up front. 285, 300, 305, 265. They like the size of that defensive line up front. They like the caliber of those players, not just their size, but the caliber of those players as well. They like a whole lot, and they think that might be a large difference maker because these last two years, seven and six and eight and four, they've probably left a good bit on the field. You know, I mean, they might have been double digit wins. Last year and in 19, if there's just a handful of other plays that are made throughout the season. 
18 to 20, uh, 24, 18, 34, 31, 21, 20, 43, 41, 38, 31, 34, 27. That's in seven, uh, 19. Last year, 31, 28, 44, 41. Like, that's, that's it. I just counted to 10 wins in 19, and I just counted to 10 wins in 18 or in 20, excuse me. This team is close, and a lot of people feel like that defensive line is going to be a big piece of uh, closing that gap and maybe getting them uh, over the hump to 10 wins and, and really challenging the over and under, by the way, is 10. Yeah, like Bud Elliott, Bud Elliott is the one who made me pay attention a little bit more to their defense when he talked about you know their defensive front last year. The main ones who who played were just smaller. They didn't get a full offseason to you know get in the weight room and get bigger, and so they were able to be pushed around pretty well. You know, and coming into this year, you expect these guys who are highly recruited, who are highly touted, you know, them putting on size, getting faster, getting the college, um, you know, locker room, getting college meals. You expect them to be better. Like that's not really like. They were 87th in the country in passing. Yes, you can technically do worse, but I don't think they they can do really worse than, than they than they did last year. I don't expect them to. My concern, and I know you already talked about this, and so like I'm fully ready for you to push back on this. Until Mac Jones, or I'm sorry, until Mac Brown has a turnaround where he replaces five dudes who got drafted, you know, three elite targets on offense. I mean, a wide receiver and two elite running backs. Until he does that back-to-back, I don't believe that they're going to be able to do that. And so when I look at this team and you tell me that their win their win total is 10, I have a hard time picking them to win 10 games. I, I want to take the under, and I feel comfortable taking the under because I don't ex- – like because I, I don't know how you're going to how you're going to have such a great turnover at North Carolina within three years of being there. I, I am. I love Sam Howell. I can't. I, I hope the Falcons draft of next year, but I just don't. I don't see how this team is able to fix the defensive woes all the way and replace five NFL talent players that they had last year. And, and you think I'm being too harsh? Do you think I'm being ridiculous with that? No. Um, one of those wide receivers was a thousand yards, twenty yards per catch. Another Daz Newsom, 54 catches. Malik Carter, over 1,200 yards. And Javante Williams, 1,100 yards. So, yes, the, the question mark is there uh, in terms of those players. Those are just four of them. But it, it's really remarkable how nobody's discussing that. People are, people are not having that conversation. Maybe they're missing it. Maybe they're just excited, that much excited about Sam Howell. Ty Chandler really is going to fill in the gap and be sort of the primary guy. You don't have to have a two-back system to be successful. Ty Chandler be the primary guy. Maybe there's somebody behind him that they like a lot as well. And then uh, Joshua Downs is another big name. Karif Brown is the other name as well. But no, I don't think it's ridiculous to say you guys are replacing way too much firepower. Replacing offensive production stumbled Georgia a couple of years ago. There's no reason to believe that it's impossible for it to happen here. Yeah, like he I'm not saying Matt, Matt Brown can't do it, right? Like the dude's won a national title. It'll be very tough to do it. Yeah, it's just it's just so tough for, for it's it's tough for me to believe he'll do it in three years. At and it's not like he's walking into Ohio State that had a plethora of talent either. You know, who already had a factory of talent. He's walking into North Carolina 
where the last time they were good was in 2016, where they got screwed in the ACC title game with with was uh, Williams, uh, Mario Williams. No, that's that's a former defensive lineman. Um, like Maurice Williams. Maurice Maurice Williams. Was it Malik? Anyway, I thought it, it was matter. like a Malik or a Mikel or. It, it doesn't matter. M Williams. I I just I just doubt this, and you're right. I have not heard a single freaking person in any podcast I've listened to that I respect make mention of the losses that they've had and how it could be a detriment to them where they have actually a really tough schedule. They start the season at Virginia Tech. A Virginia Tech, by the way, a Virginia Tech team, by the way, that almost like a quarter of its roster was out because of COVID or suspension. Then you and you could easily you could possibly lose that game on a September 3rd. That's a Friday night in Blacksburg. Then you play Georgia Tech, you'll probably win. Virginia, you'll probably win. At Georgia Tech, you'll probably win. Duke, you'll probably win. Florida State, I don't know. Miami, I don't know. At Notre Dame, right now I'm picking Notre Dame to win that game. At Wake, it's probably a win. At Pitt, who knows? Because we don't know what Pitt is right now. Wofford, definitely a win. At NC State, as we talked about earlier, NC State could could shock them and beat them. But I expect actually by week 12 or 13, these younger guys will probably be in prime position. But I just – you tell me the numbers 10. I, their schedule, sure. Their schedule helps them with this, you know, with this number. But I still think there's there's a chance that they lose to Virginia Tech and, and Florida State and Miami and Notre Dame. Like I could see that happen. Yeah, no likely losses according to SMP Plus. Relative toss-ups to Notre Dame and Miami, 53% and 60%. Yeah, I, I think I'm okay going to 10. I think I'm fine with saying I think they can get to 10. So you're I think just like they, pushed got, under? Yeah, they've got the offensive line that I think will go a long way to uh, to giving Ty Chandler what he needs. That'll go a long way to protecting the quarterback and giving them an opportunity to uh, to do what they've got to do to find – the wide receivers like Sam Howell, you feel like can should be able to make up the difference to yeah, some degree. A hundred percent. Bring like, those wide receivers along. Yes. But let me ask this. Okay. And this is a legit question, then we'll move on. Sam Howell can make up for that. Okay. But let's just say for <clears throat> for argument's sake, the defense doesn't get better. It kind of stays exactly where it was. And they they still struggle replacing these elite wide receivers in the season. Like, what say you then? Like, do you still feel confident in Sam Howell's ability? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, if his receivers are dropping footballs, then yeah. I mean, that's that at that point, it's pat. It's beyond his. It's beyond what he can control uh, at that point. If his and then it's beyond his control what the defense ends up doing. So yeah, I mean. Yeah, if, if things outside of his control get out of hand, then it doesn't matter what your confidence level is in in, in his ability because yeah. his abilities – he can't control the defense and he can't make his receivers catch the football. My, my biggest thing is it's really not like – yes, I've harped on the wide receiver thing, but probably the most damning thing about this team that I struggle with is replacing the two elite running backs they had. And see, I think if their offensive line is back – and they're able to generate another 5.8 yards per carry, then I don't want to say it doesn't matter who you have back there, but 
whoever is back there, it's easier on those guys if that running game continues to turn like it has been. Yeah, together, British Brooks and DJ Jones only averaged 35 yards. Ty Chandler is transferring over from Tennessee. Yeah, I I meant to ask about that. Um, But Ty Chandler wasn't even the starter, was he? It was that other kid that went to Oklahoma. I I think the the talent level of Ty Chandler has been well – Documented. Yeah, and and, yeah, and he's got people over feel good about yeah total. people feel good about the talent level that he's bringing to the table, and then running behind that line and sort of running in a more open offense and you know a, 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 with a excuse me with a quarterback who can throw. he did some good things at Tennessee and in, in sort of a small box now the box will be bigger. That's fair. I'm I'm going to go under though. I I just think it's too much too much to ask Matt Brown to replace in such a short amount of time. Also, I need to see it before I believe it with this defense. Um, and also, I think their schedule's a little tough. Like, I, I just, I, I, I think, I think having Florida State, Miami at Notre Dame are is a three-game stretch that's really tough. And I also think that they can, I think they could lose to Virginia Tech week one. Fair enough. Um, all right, next team, Pittsburgh Panthers. Uh, let's just go ahead and put question mark by this because. Is is there a more is there a more fickle and more coin flip team in the in in America than Pittsburgh? Yeah, Kenny Pickett seems to sort of fit the mo a little bit of the ACC quarterbacks to some degree. Uh, really, really good through a certain stretch of games, and then really, really bad. There's there's sort of a Jekyll and Hyde feeling throughout a lot of the quarterbacks, uh, outside of maybe just a handful. Um, and Kenny Pickett seems to fit that. Uh, for this uh, this pit offense, I like. I wish I had some like strong feelings about this team, like I do the other teams that we've talked about tonight. But I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I don't really know what to think of Pittsburgh this year. Like they're returning seven on offense. They're the right side of the ball and their left tackle. I'm sorry, the right side of the line and their left tackle return, which is you know obviously really big. Kenny Pickett returns, <sighs> but Kenny Pickett, man, just. Just you didn't know what you were going to get week to week with them. You look at their schedule; they've got UMass and Western Michigan and New Hampshire, which are probably going to be wins. You got at Tennessee, maybe a win. You know, we expect a win probably. Duke is probably a win, and then Syracuse is probably a win. But then after that, I get, I've seen them lose games to these other teams. I've I, I can see them losing to Georgia Tech, man. I could, you know, because I've just seen them play horrible games right after playing amazing games, right? So what's their over-under? I'm so sorry. Seven. S&P Plus has them at five likely wins. Yeah. UMass, New Hampshire, Duke, uh, Western Michigan, Syracuse, and then the toss-ups, Virginia, Tennessee, Georgia Tech, and Virginia Tech. I mean, is it impossible to get a win over Tech and Virginia? I don't think that's impossible. Uh, Georgia Tech, I'm sorry, and and Virginia. That's that's probably not impossible, and really and truly might not be impossible to get a win over Tennessee. I mean, I don't love it either. I I, I don't feel like I love the over on any of these teams. Yeah, I don't lo- I don't think I've taken an over this entire time, whether it's mathematically correct or not. I just haven't done it. So I just don't feel good about any of these teams. Going 
going gangbusters. Clemson's yeah. got to replace the quarterback. You mentioned the the replacement for – I mean, Miami's really the only one you feel kind of really, really good about surging outside of, obviously, Clemson's depth and such. So, yeah, I mean, I don't love Pitt either. I don't want to go over for Pitt if you were asking me to bet money. Yeah. I think the defense will be tough. They, I don't think they'll yeah. be an easy out. I mean, but I don't love Kenny Pickett. I don't love what they have offensively. I'll, I'll take the under, but I will not bet it. I would. I, I don't bet, but if I if I were, I would not bet against Pitt in anything. But also, I would not bet them to go over. I would not bet them to 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 win seven or eight games. Six and five last year. Yeah, I just don't know what this team freaking is half the time. And they Kenny lost Pickett. One. Kenny Pickett's yep. the problem too. They lost four straight: NC State, Boston College, Miami, and Notre Dame. And for them, and lost NC State and Boston College by one each. Even outgained Boston College by 24. No, excuse me, outgained NC State by 100. Yeah. Really only got blown out by Notre Dame and Clemson last year. It's a weird ACC. Super weird. Speaking of weird, let's talk about the Virginia. Let's talk about Virginia. The Virginia Cavaliers, led by Bronco Mendenhall, they returned seven on offense, seven on defense. Um, a team that went five and five. Um, Brennan Armstrong returns. Big deal. I, I don't know what to be excited about with this team. That's my problem. What do you think? Yeah, I almost feel like they're in the mode of a TCU and such. Of you kind of have to, kind of have to build into it. Uh, Brennan Armstrong is fun. And Keaton Thompson is really talented, and they're going to use him in a lot of different places. But it almost feels like you're going to have to find more than that. You're going to have to find more than just two guys in in a in a conference where offense, you know, could be a premium. Uh, North Carolina, NC State. Um, we're expecting probably bigger things from Virginia Tech and Boston College and so many other teams. You're going to have to find a way to find some offense. And for Virginia, you know, I mean, they did score 31 points a game last year. Brendan Armstrong was good, but, I mean, I don't know who else he's going to be leaning on this year. The thing is that catches my eye is, like, they were they were still 42nd in the country last year in offense, but they were 96th on defense. And that, like, that was not what we're used to seeing with Virginia. And I just feel like ever since – and, of course, I'm going to forget his name, the quarterback that was here before. Bryce Perkins. Bryce Perkins. Before Bryce, Since Bryce Perkins has left, I just don't think they know what to do. And so what's their over-under? The Virginia over-and-under is six, which is what it, the over-and-under seems to be for everybody. Yeah, I just I don't see how they get – do you see how they definitely get six? Because I don't see how they definitely – I don't even know if, if I give them definitely five. I'll give them Will, William and Mary. I'll give them possibly Wake and Duke. And I'll give them a you know a depleted BYU. But that's only three games. So William and Mary, Duke, and Illinois are the S&P Plus games with toss-ups of Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, BYU, Virginia Tech, Louisville, and Pitt. Illinois may be decent, by the way. Mm. Dude, go look at how many tra- – I know we talked about this a little bit, but like, go look how many transfers they had come in at Illinois this year. And I like Bo Pelini. I think Bo Pelini's a good coach. 
who should have never left Nebraska. Like, Bo Pelini is not their coach. Not Bo Pelini. Uh, freaking, uh, freaking crap. Uh, <laughs> what's his name? Brett 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 Bielema. Thank you. Bielema. Brett Bielema. Brett Bielema. Yeah. Brett. Say it slowly. Brett, Brett Bielema. Bielema. Sorry. Bielema. It's been a long freaking day. <laughs> it, um, it really has, and it is ten yeah. fifteen. Yeah. I, I just. Oh my god! Going another hour and a half, but we're almost done. Last team. We have one team left. Um. I just can't I, I cannot I can't easily find five games and that's my problem. And if I can't if I can't find five games and your number is six, I'm gonna go under. Yeah, I think I'd have to go under as well. I just don't know what you have offensively and, and maybe the team is ready to make another push after sort of these last two years or excuse me, this year of being down a little bit. Maybe they're ready to make a push. I think Bronco Mendenhall does a good job, but I, at this point, I just don't see it either, which is a theme throughout the entire ACC. All right, Virginia Tech. Okay. Um, Virginia Tech returns six on offense, eight on defense. They lose their starting quarterback um, who transfers out, Hinnon Hooker, right? Mm-hmm. They lose Hinnon Hooker. They gain – I want Braxton Mer- – I want to say it was Braxton, Braxton Burmeister was still was there before. Um, I, Virginia Tech, like, what's their number? Is it like seven and a half? Seven. Seven. Justin Fuente has his back up against the wall. Yeah, that's, that's Braxton my... Burmeister doesn't have great numbers, but they like sort of the presence that he brought to the field. Um, they can never get Hendon Hooker on the field last year for whatever reason. I don't know what was causing an issue for Hendon Hooker, but they struggled to get him out there uh, this past year. Brewmeister threw the ball 84 times. Again, not great numbers, but they were able to they were able to work a lot. They don't. It's not. It's not clear what they're going to do in the backfield exactly. Yeah. They. I mean, they put 31 points on the board last year, and they had big scoring days they were against 31st NC State. in the country in scoring. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Well, uh, yeah, they just had big scoring days against NC State. I mean, they they came out with 45, 38, 45, and 40 to start the season, and then 16 against Wake Forest, 42 against Louisville, 35. There's just a couple of games here that pulled them down on their scoring average. When they got up against, you know, sort of the middle of the pack in the ACC in some spaces – they were putting points on the board in a big way, 45 against NC State, or, I mean, uh, North Carolina. So when they got towards the middle of the pack, again, on some occasions, they were really big offensively. And if Brewmeister can continue that, there's no reason to believe Justin Fuente, with his backup against the wall, even having to replace some NFL talent, uh, Khalil Herbert. Who knows? Three of their losses last year were by one score or less. Mm-hmm. And I remember these games too. They should have never lost a wake. A field goal, a bl- was it a field goal attempt stopped or a made field goal won their game against? You know, they lost by a field goal with I cannot remember, but it was a field goal attempt to end the game. Either they missed the field goal or Liberty made the field goal to win the game. I can't remember. And they lost by one point to Miami. Here's the thing. I, I don't know. I, I cannot tell you why. I cannot give you a player. I can't give you a a new coach as to why I feel this way. 
But I think this Virginia Tech team is going to be good this year. And I think they're going to be troubling for certain teams. And I, I think I'm going to take the over. Because I can't say under for 75% of this podcast and not have someone who wins these games. And if I think Virginia Tech has talent, which I do, and I think they have a manageable schedule, which I do, I think seven games can happen. And I know, I know, I know that I know they wish they could play Liberty again this year. But here's my concern, and then I'll let you take this because I'm about to pass out. Braxton Burmeister not once impressed me last year. Like I was never, I was never impressed really with what I saw from him. And that's concerning. I think they like him. I think they're, I don't remember what it was exactly that, that took place. Cause again, the numbers don't look great uh, from his 84 passes last year, but there was something that he did in, in at least a handful of games that they they were really fired up about. And again, Hendon Hooker took most of the attempts last year, 150 of them. So I don't remember which games Brewmeister played in exactly. But nonetheless, they liked some of the things that he did. He does return as pass catchers. I just don't know what they're going to do in the backfield. And maybe that doesn't matter because um, they're returning, I think, uh, quite a few of their offensive linemen. So, yeah, maybe Virginia Tech gets to their seven. You know what? I'm going to go back and just say everybody gets to their projected win total. <laughs> and all of the halves, like Clemson's half, 11 and a half, it's 11. Three and a half for Duke, it's three. So everybody gets to their win total. <laughs> the whole number. Yeah, the whole number. Okay. I'm, I, I'm, okay. I'm re, yeah. Really quickly, let's, let's do this and then we'll finish up here. ACC championship game, who you got? Oh, boy. Give me Clemson. Could we do Clemson and Miami? Mm-hmm. Those two teams can play each other in that game. Mm. That'll be your that'll be your big division game of the season, Miami and North Carolina. Okay, who you got winning? Because it's okay. It's it's the same. It, it, my pick. Because I same. talked up North Carolina a good bit, and I'm agree yeah. with you about Miami and Derek King could be. You know, I mean, he could surge to the front of the quarterback room in the ACC in a heartbeat, especially if he comes out and does something special against Alabama. But if they come out and get thumped by Alabama, which is certainly possible, they got thumped against Clemson last year. They have had issues in the past of getting thumped and then sort of letting that defeat them for the rest of the year. I think Manny Diaz has gotten them out of that. Can he get them out of it again if it happens there at the beginning of the year and sort of keep their focus? Maybe he does because it's happening at the beginning of the year. But we've, we've seen it happen before, especially to ACC teams, get beat by Alabama in, in week one and then just not be the same team the rest of the year. Okay. So who are you picking to win? I'm sorry. Yes, I didn't even pick. Give me North Carolina. To win the ACC title? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Clemson in North Carolina. Clemson to win the whole thing. All right. Give me Miami versus Clemson, and give me Miami to win the title. Oh, wow. So that's going to put Miami in the playoff. I don't know. I don't know about that. Because it's getting in over them. Well, I mean, they, they could go 10 and – Miami could be 10 and 2 and still win the ACC. Like okay. – a two-loss team is not getting the playoff, at least at this current format. Or like, Who are know. the two losses for Miami? Uh, 
One would be Bama. One could be Bama. Oh, maybe maybe pull this back up. I gotta look at it again. Um, one second. I'm so sorry, dude. This is great podcast, and hopefully you'll edit this out. Um, because hold on. Oh my gosh, I'm taking too long. All right. Um, let's say they mess up and lose to Pitt. You know, or they or they lose to Michigan State. I don't know. Like, I'm not saying they will, but I'm just saying I, I don't know if I'm ready to pick them to make the playoff. I, I do think they can win the ACC because— Well, if I you're think, picking them to win the ACC, I think you're picking them to have a chance at the playoff. Yes, yes, I'm sorry. Yes, I do pick them to have a chance, but, like, if you, like we haven't done this yet, and we'll do this hopefully next week because week zero is next week, brother. Like, I, they're not in my four to make the playoff. So that's what I'm saying. Yes, you're right, though. If they win the ACC— they beat Clemson. Yes, they definitely have a chance. Faux shizzle dizzle. All right. Are we done? Are we all yeah. out of time? Praise God we're done. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Be sure to uh, like, rate, review, and subscribe. You can find me on Twitter, Spencer underscore Van Horn, V-A-N-H-O-R-N. And then uh, Robbie is there, Spider Dude 64 Is that correct? Yes. Yes, he is. Spider Dude 64 Very good. All right, uh, again, like, rate, review, and subscribe. Two friends, one love, and that is college football. We'll catch you on the flip-flop later.